0: Yes! <laughs> but I think the volume sound. is like intensely turned up.
1: Okay, we want to fix Yeah, we got to make sure it's synced. Okay. God, we got our sound okay. engineer yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> She's working. Well, this is how podcasts go. Audio's fucked the first few times. Like,. Absolutely. It's just Even how though it we goes. have like some high
0: tech equipment.
1: Yeah, I know you're official. Thanks. I but it's okay.
0: We're, it's in we're a podcast.
1: We're, we'll yeah, talk you about did. that. Yeah. yeah, I hosted
0: a podcast in two thousand
1: sixteen. Hell yeah. We learn as we go.
0: It was popular. It was great. It was the uh, idea was like an audio literary journal.
1: That's so cool. So I
0: accepted submissions and sort of anthologized them by reading them aloud. That's cool as fuck.
1: Like, I need to know more about these kinds of projects. Have
0: you listened to it? Have you
1: looked no. it up? You, well, my boyfriend looked it up. Wait, what's it called? Sing. Yeah, you, I've never. I didn't know that. I'll show it to you. I knew sometime. about your other podcast, but I didn't know about that one.
0: Isn't it interesting that with all my music trauma, I had a podcast
1: called, called Sing. Sing. Yeah.
0: It was like I like your leg hair.
1: Thank you. It's hot. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. What a compliment. I
0: like it on other people. I struggle yeah. with it on with my it on yourself. Self. And we've talked about this. The longest I went not shaving was nine months, and mm-hmm. I grew some hair.
1: Yeah yeah I know I I didn't hate it yeah I just, just didn't prefer. feel
0: as feminine mm-hmm.
1: which is probably <laughs> internalized misogyny. <laughs> probably but that's okay I mean, I've got a lot of it yeah don't we all don't we I all? mean
0: yeah should we say where we are
1: yeah definitely
0: do you want to say it's
1: should I? Uh, we're on Annabelle's porch. Yeah. The most Colorado thing we could be doing is recording a podcast outside.
0: It's a really nice day. It's supposed to start raining. There's an yeah. 80% <laughs> chance
1: of rain. <laughs> In like, what, what was it, 15? 20 minutes. Yeah, 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay.
0: Wait, did you see my pop socket?
1: Yeah. Well, but I saw it on Instagram. This cute. is cuter. But yours is cute. I do wish when we were Pop Socket shopping
0: that we would have taken more time. Well, I didn't see we one though. So we did, it was very <laughs>
1: impulsive. We like, yeah, we just picked like the first one that you liked. Um, but also, I didn't see one that was in the shape of a cherry. And I kind of wish you had one that was in the shape of a Me cherry. Too. And then mine is in the shape of a strawberry. Yours is adorable. And it's cute. I, my really pop like socket you. might be the most complimented. <laughs> thing About <just> me, it's <laughs> just like the
0: seeds are.
1: Yeah, it's so really satisfying. You want to eat them? Yeah, yeah. No, it's so satisfying, and just like a giant strawberry, with my yellow case, which was intentional. It's like,
0: <laughs> wait, remember when we <laughs> <laughs> when, the when on real page. <laughs> searching for gibbets
1: which is the yeah i don't
0: know if that's the correct pronunciation but that's the yeah i don't know rock charms uh-huh
1: yeah <laughs> we spent like two hours <laughs> and,
0: and they l- and it with was our, our friends book yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> with our friends we were all together god that's so and we funny. were shopping for gibbets
0: but they're
1: really adorable and that's they what are, your and pop socket so looks like ones. is a giant gibbet. Yeah, (laughs) and I think, like, subconsciously, yeah, subconsciously, that's what I was going for. Yeah. Okay,
0: well, the one thing that is cute, even though my pop socket is on this phone case, Mm -hmm. I have my other phone case for this phone, which I only have two for this phone because it's a newer phone. Yeah. It's a blue case with cherries on it. (gasps) Oh! cute so i mean like it's stuck on this one so it's not gonna be on the other one but it's the exact same pattern that's cute i don't know
1: it's a brand
0: yeah i was gonna say the brand of the foam case but then i thought like nah they don't need us
1: no no definitely not (laughs) no we don't (laughs) the only
0: thing we're gonna plug is uh like I Well we already <laughs> <laughs> we already plugged crocs.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh damn it. And gibbets. <laughs> crocs, gibbets. Well, go buy your Crocs and your jibbit.
0: <laughs> we are big Crocs fans. We are. <laughs> Neither of us is wearing Crocs right now, but...
1: No, big Croc girls. We're big Croc girls. Yeah.
0: I mean, is that ironic? We live in Colorado. In <laughs> I work in Boulder. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that where they're from?
1: I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, did they start in Boulder? For sure, Colorado. Probably Boulder. Should we look this up? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think we can fact check while recording. Fact check. Yeah, I think so. Are
0: we British? Fact check. (laughs) Oh my god, I'm Um, googling fact check. My ADHD brain. Yeah. Can't (laughs) process this.
1: Can't do two things at once. Origin
0: story. Broomfield is where the headquarters is. Oh, Broomfield. Is. Okay. They were made as boat shoes. Why <laughs> thirteen holes?
1: Oh my God, we're Each learning pair, so much about crocs right now. Whether kids
0: or men's, every pair has thirteen holes.
1: I've literally never considered that. We're not really numbers people. No, we not numbers get into people. that. Yeah, yeah, maybe we should be numbers people. But we're not. I never considered I like of, if that was intentional, if everyone had the same number of holes, like that's what thought a fun about that fact. before. It's like that is a, a fun fact. A
0: universal thread that connects all crops. All crop <laughs> that's holes.
1: also like a great like trivia question it like. is
0: okay speaking of questions should we yeah we start should with our in. introduction questions yeah or should we pull archetype cards oh should we do that after we've talked about ourselves yeah. a little bit so because i like i want to challenge us to not read the guidebook to just interpret the card based on the picture
1: God damn. Okay.
0: Which is what I've okay. been
1: encouraged to do. Okay, I love it. class. I love it. Okay, who are you? Okay, who am I? My name is Jamie.
0: <laughs> I wish Full you name. started. You want me to I start? yeah, because okay. you're like a
1: pro podcaster. So like, I think I need like party. a little bit, <laughs> a little bit of an example to follow. Okay, I'm just sipping
0: on a kombucha Jamie brought me. Heck yeah. Who am I? My name's Annabelle Fern-Prasnick. I am a poet, a practicing Mm -hmm. poet. I am an MFA student at CU Boulder. I'm a parent to a nine-year-old girl and a four-year-old boy. I was born and raised in Fort Collins, Colorado. I've lived here most of my life. I, gosh, what else is important about me? I'm like. Traumatized, divorced.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I know. Should we um, list our trauma? I feel like that is like pretty, um, what's the word? Significant. I mean, it's pre- pretty signifying of who we are and our work and yeah, stuff like I that. Mean, like, Not that we have the, to list it, but. The
0: focus of our friendship lives in trauma. Yeah. Definitely. But also, I think we both follow my ethos Mm -hmm. of reaching through trauma to access joy
1: yeah i think more than just like we made it sound like we're trauma bonded which is like kind of like probably like half true but it's like also it's more than that i feel like we're bonded by by like trying to like redefine our trauma
0: absolutely you know and i reflect back on the first day we met didn't i bring you a maggie smith book yeah golden rock yeah Mm -hmm. which is i i won't flex so i won't say the professor (laughs) i studied (laughs) with independently when i read that book for the first time but i was going through a divorce and that book focuses on maggie smith's divorce in an interesting way um It doesn't dive into too much detail in the poems themselves, but there are a few titles, Mm. like After Divorce Blank, if I'm remembering correctly. And there's one about, like, a conversation with her daughter in outer space that's so
1: Mm -hmm.
0: gorgeous. I'll look it up. And while I'm looking it up, why don't you say who you are? Yeah,
1: say who I am. So my name is Jamie Sudo. I am very into literature i feel like i don't really have a title like poet like what's comparable to poet animal sometimes calls me a scholar which might be the, the I, comparable I think, title
0: <laughs> yeah i would say in terms of your passions and capabilities mm-hmm. You're a scholar.
1: Thank you. You're a
0: lit- literature scholar. Yeah, a
1: literary scholar. Yeah. yeah, that's that's most resonant with me. I most of my work focuses on reading literature and writing in a very academic way, looking at a lot of like different theoretical perspectives, things like that. Yeah, I also grew up in Fort Collins, but we didn't meet until adulthood. When we were both at Colorado State University, mm-hmm.
0: studying English literature, yeah, which we both now have bachelor's degree in, yep. degrees in. Mine concentrated in creative writing.
1: Yeah, and mine on literature. Yep. Yeah.
0: Okay, those are important Cute. things. Yeah, important I found things. The, I haven't found the poem yet. Um, yeah, and we'll it's delve a lot into about our traumas. Good bones. Which, if you're obsessed with the Maggie Smith poem, Good Bones, you should look up which the I am <laughs> Santos Perez poem from Habitat Threshold that yeah. is an after poem mm-hmm. of Good Bones. I think he calls his after poems Recycled, though, which is kind cute. of cute. Yeah. yeah, very
1: cute and very on brand for him.
0: Yeah. Okay, well... If anyone knows what that poem is, let me know, because I saw it on a poetry Instagram recently, and I know it's in Goldenrod,
1: but... Yeah, I could find it in my copy of Goldenrod. You're...
0: Maybe you are the person to look that. Yeah, up. I'll find it.
1: Onward? What's
0: your passion?
1: My passion? Should yeah. I answer? So yeah, I you I are, answer, you first? answer okay. first.
0: Oh, um... Paying attention to the world around me mm-hmm. and uh, transferring my observations into my work. Or should I talk about my work?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Okay, so I call myself a post confessional syllabicist, and that is a pretentious way of saying I write poetry that's more driven by memory than imagination and i organized my lines by syllable count jamie did the best introduction for me at a poetry reading last month <laughs> the best introduction anyone's ever given oh to me oh my god given for that me. makes me
1: so happy and
0: i think it was so good and i said this as soon as i walked up on stage mm-hmm. but i was like have your best friend write your intros yeah well, also, maybe if your best friend is a skilled, scholar. <laughs> skilled writer, but, yeah. <laughs> that's a good skilled point. Scholarly yeah, I, yeah, um, it's hard to
1: tell if we can separate those two. You nailed it. Thank you yeah, so that much. Was a really fun I was night. so nervous. Yeah, Annabelle asked me to introduce her, and I've never done that before. I've never introduced like a speaker or a writer it's a good skill to have it is a good skill and I mean of course there was like the added pressure of like oh my god it is my best friend like don't want to let
0: her down yeah I don't
1: want to let her down like this know, has to be I good
0: did, I did an introduction for someone that week and it must not have been that bad because yeah. someone in attendance then came up to me and asked mm. me to introduce them at a reading this Friday
1: oh nice
0: which you should come to if you're free. Okay, it's a boulder, but it may you, not be. Yeah, but your your Fridays book up.
1: Yeah, I was like, I do think I have something going on this Friday, but we'll, we'll do figure you it out. Come
0: to the reading on Tuesday.
1: I think I can. Okay, but I'm also come gonna to have to one. let you know. Yeah. this week it's just let whatever. Just let me we'll know. We'll plan later. Yeah. Okay, I'll let you know. Mhm. Because mm-hmm. I do want to go to more readings, out. but no, that is a really good skill to have, and I think it was good for me because I really had to. My my issue, to use a really pretentious word in writing, is absolutely concision. So, I mean, giving an introduction, it's like you really have to pick what's important to say, you know?
0: Absolutely. And, I don't know, I think we're both, like, pretty charismatic and performative.
1: Yeah, so yeah. So it's
0: probably not so far-reaching for either of us to inhabit those spaces.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. What's your passion? My passion... So, I love English literature, but that's such a broad scope of things. My Why English oh.
0: literature?
1: Yeah, I think I just, like... Well, and I guess that does, like, connect to the heart of my work right now, and what I'm really interested in examining is... I don't know should I like talk about my trauma in this moment if you feel compelled to yeah okay yeah I think it's I think it is salient um so mm. I I yeah I feel like our podcast okay, I, you know, <laughs> I feel <laughs> like they it. should know off the bat like but this is something you know we're gonna return to because this is like a yeah. big a very formative part of who I yeah. am but I was raised in very like conservative religious like fundamentalist um communities and through that I didn't learn until adulthood which is like a huge yeah a lot to unpack that I have a condition called vaginismus which is the involuntary contracting of your vaginal muscles to prevent penetration or make penetration incredibly um, painful and I developed that not through physical sexual trauma but because of the stories That I was told in my upbringing about the body about gender about sexuality sex um and so through that and I think it's kind of cool that I started studying literature before I knew any of this because I just feel like deep down like I knew how resonant this was Mm -hmm. with me and my body um But, yeah, I didn't realize, like, I wasn't diagnosed and I didn't even have this realization about my own body until, like, halfway through my undergraduate degree. Um, But through that, I am incredibly interested in examining the mythologies of our world and our culture. And, like, mythology just being a fancy, like, broader word for stories. Um, But, yeah, I mean, because uh, the mythologies of my upbringing are inscribed literally on my body i am really interested yeah i'm really interested in examining how mythologies are inscribed on our world and how i mean and i think too i mean what really resonates with me in studying literature is it's like if we look around us facts don't drive society facts don't drive people like there's a lot about our world that is irrational (laughs) is not factual No, i would
0: argue that we're like driven by desire
1: yeah oh yeah Yeah. by desire well Mm -hmm. and for me i'm like i think we're driven yeah yeah, by desire by mythology by the stories that we tell like the ways that we orient ourselves to the things around us like that's what drives us and i think we're both really interested in in that like study of mythology of story and, yeah. like, of how to make sense of ourselves in Absolutely. relationship to everything around us. I think also, like,
0: the literal physiological
1: mm-hmm. cost
0: of etiology.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I guess, with, Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you go. You go. No,
0: I was just going to say, reflecting on my own trauma, which has been physical, Sometimes. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um,
0: also, ideological in terms of the stories I told myself because of the physical trauma I
1: endured. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I think the stories we tell ourselves have much more lasting effects mm-hmm. on our mental emotional spiritual physical well-being than we realize often. yeah
1: absolutely no i completely agree mm. yeah and i think that's what we do you know like we're storytellers and also like like you said like observers of stories and seekers
0: of truth yeah like even if that's a like lowercase t truth. You yeah know? yeah um i don't like that poets often are held responsible mm-hmm. for like knowing the truth
1: yeah which doesn't exist which doesn't exist yeah i was like we should establish probably where we both stand on this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> big two truth doesn't exist uh,
0: yeah that is just one of those myths
1: yeah Uh Mm uh-huh and I think it's like you know and that's why myth is such
0: a mythology is such a good word for mm -hmm. what we're interested in
1: yeah exactly and that's something I mean I feel like it's cool to say like separately that's something that appears a lot in both of our like academic scholarly interests like in our work totally both really fascinated by mythology which is like a huge overarching concept but like that word specifically like mythology the sacred
0: yeah yeah. I mean, I'm writing my first book of poetry,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is my thesis for my master's degree. And that's a flex. Yeah. Hell yeah, and it is. my project is to read the Bible for the first time as someone who identified as a staunch atheist most of my life up until getting clean and sober mm-hmm. and having to find a higher power or define a higher power for myself and cultivate a relationship with something invisible. Mm. I was raised by an ex-Catholic father and a mother who sang gospel choir in a predominantly black church. And I think that both of those... Religious settings influenced me, but I didn't have reverence for the mm. sacred until I created it myself.
1: Oh my God. Which is funny. I wish I could see my face. <laughs> Amazing.
0: <laughs> Which is funny. Incredible. that is a lowercase tea truth. Yeah. That resonates with both of us. Mm-hmm. And something you know about me, but others will learn while listening to me is I have this like very poety tendency to pause for a long time and like integrate random quirky, non sequiturs into my
1: language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yes, John, like, you have and to I love be, it. You <laughs> have to
0: work to keep up with me.
1: Yeah, totally. <laughs> but, I'm, like, I'm absolutely obsessed yeah. with
0: that. Yeah. And my brain is, like, fucked up, for sure. But whose isn't?
1: Whose isn't? <laughs> whose isn't? <laughs> yeah.
0: And at, Gosh, I, I have so many questions I want to ask you.
1: Okay, yeah. But
0: we did write down actual questions yeah for each
1: other. some interview questions should we go in? and it's those? gonna be a surprise yes. yeah <laughs> we don't know what we don't the know other yeah right <laughs> i was like really nervous to make questions so i'm like i hope these are good interviewing somebody three? is also something i mean interviewing another person is also something i've never done so well, like an interview practice. yeah i'm getting practice yeah. i did i wrote three we each have three questions
0: I love interviewing people. I love... I'm so nosy.
1: Yeah. And I just
0: think the most successful conversationalists are those who are good at asking questions. Now... I agree. I also think that asking questions is a defense mechanism.
1: Oh, Totally. To, yeah, that's a to great prevent point. prevent yourself
0: from being introspective and vulnerable in conversation, mm,
1: mm-hmm. so they
0: you need balance.
1: Damn, well, that she's, like a think, yeah, okay. she's a Libra. Yeah, she's <laughs> a Libra. Man, well, like that made me reflect on myself. I do think I'm like a good own, question asker. You're a
0: great question asker. Yeah,
1: I, I think, think conversationally, I'm scared of like in conversation being vulnerable. I'm not scared of vulnerability. Just yeah, like, but and I think sometimes that's not bad. Like well, when I'm like interacting with certain setting, people, I'm like, and the,
0: it it depends on the setting, totally the person you're talking who you're talking to. to.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm really really avoidant though when I want to be, which is sometimes mm-hmm. not bad, but it's mm-hmm. a defense mechanism. I think I've grown out of that. Yeah, as a parent, mm-hmm. because
0: I don't have the options. Yeah. About being avoidant in situations that involve my kids.
1: Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. so good. Should we,
0: okay, ask her a question? Yeah, let's let's do do it. It. Okay. Who goes first? They might need something. Oh, so cute. Okay, pause. (laughs) Let's go. We're back.
1: We are back.
0: We had to take a bathroom break and... Mm. Which means we want pee, and I wiped my son Yeah. when he pooped, Mm -hmm. which I was thinking about it when I was helping him. I think it's so important to say stuff like that. I don't know.
1: Yeah. We are both dating
0: people who don't like it when we pee with the door open.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they get a little nervous. And I find that very
0: earnest. Mm -hmm. Like, I like it. It's like old school and respectful and earnest yeah um and i've been in relationships that are like that or totally different
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: i think there's merit to all boundaries in terms of bathrooms but i like love the grotesque it's very important important to my work
1: yeah
0: and I think amongst my generation, you heard me say this when I was teaching recently. Yeah. Millennials are prone to curate perfectionism.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I find that particularly true in representations of parenthood.
1: Yeah. Online. Yeah. In media in general. Yeah, in media in general. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's really like. Not, it was a kid, but it's a cat. Is it the cat? <laughs> oh my god, him? I see him. So <laughs> he's a mountain lion. He literally looks exactly like a mountain lion. Like his eyes right now are honestly kind of terrifying. He's like the really hunter in really him. Cute, yeah, no, he's so I know. I know he's really good the at hunter hunting. in him. Is, I like, could tell you horror, horror
0: stories about
1: when he used to oh <laughs> but he does Speaking of the anymore, grotesque, I'm
0: okay. Save the birds. Yeah,
1: save the birds. <laughs> I love Saldo. He is cute. He's huge. He's massive. He's
0: like weighs as much as my nine year old.
1: Yeah. And he's but he's so cute.
0: And then Cheddar.
1: <laughs> and then Cheddar. The menace. <laughs> but we love him. He's Cheddar like has cat. a big personality. Cheddar
0: has a big personality and he's a baby so we don't really even know like who are you
1: yeah who are you gonna become
0: that's right
1: we just get to watch watch him become
0: (laughs) as we do the same Uh, yeah it's an unfolding unfolding,
1: one might say (gasps) oh my god okay questions
0: can i ask mine
1: yeah okay because I
0: think it's gonna circle back to something you've already talked about okay um how would you define your capacity for resilience
1: oh man I starting off with a tough one god some introspection um I think I grew up with this mentality of like wow I've never experienced real suffering which i think in some ways is true like if we want to have a conversation about privilege and like growing up very shielded from the horrors of living in the world that we live in like i think i have like a really supportive family like um and in a lot of ways i feel like i just had a very like you know like i never like didn't have anything i needed you yeah. know I yeah um but then per our last conversation about trauma I mean I think that a lot of um my life and who I saw myself as did make sense when I did get like an official diagnosis for something that is like mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> this is something I wanted to talk
1: about earlier okay yeah <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> like, yeah um pros
1: and cons of having a diagnosis yeah there are like lots of pros and cons i mean i think for me it's like it's so hard yeah having a diagnosis is really hard because i feel like in a lot of ways i'm like in this middle ground i don't know if that makes sense i'm gonna keep talking and hope that made that makes sense um like i think for me what it is is it's like navigating the boundaries of yeah like be not being defined by a diagnosis um, and I also think what's hard about having a diagnosis in my circumstance is it is something that is very invisible, like something that is really easy to be overlooked. Yeah. I mean, and especially in like the community that I grew up in, like in communities where sex and sexuality isn't valued yeah, and, and is oppressed and suppressed, which I do think is like majority of our society. Like, even though people are like, yeah. Oh, everybody is so sexual. Like sex is. Something that is suppressed like in our society or looked down upon. Um, but I think, yeah, absolutely you know, so it's, I, it's yeah. really like easy to <laughs> overlook or to be like, oh, yeah. it doesn't. And I think what I walk is this boundary between like, okay, it doesn't matter, but also at the same time, like, it's also the biggest deal in the world to me. And also, mm-hmm. sex is so fucking important, like, and bodily autonomy and your relationship with your body. Is the most vital thing you know and I think it's hard to walk that line of like not being defined by my diagnosis it being invisible but also it being something that I that I do use and and I want to use yeah yeah yeah, Mm -hmm. I consciously choose to acknowledge and also I like without without like commodifying my trauma like in a way I still do that to my advantage I think in really strategic ways. Like, I want to talk about my trauma. It's important for me to talk about vaginismus because I also think it's, like, a very real thing that a lot of people probably struggle with who don't have the ability or have the language to talk about it. And I think that's why, for me, it's important for me to acknowledge my own bodily experience. And I also do want to change the reality of the world we live in, which is that, you know non-cis men <laughs> don't have bodily autonomy yeah. you know and even you know to some degree everybody is oppressed yeah yeah
0: absolutely amen baby. okay
1: i hope that all makes sense and <laughs> i kind of forgot the original question <laughs> then i went with the like diagnosis question. i think you answered it okay yeah. cool i think you answered it but yeah are we switching off answering I me mean, answering our yeah, own question, that's a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's I'm a like fucking hard question oh I guess to uh, to really quick wrap mm-hmm, up mm-hmm. I think I am way more resilient than I gave myself credit for and I think every mm-hmm. day I think like I'm still not strong enough to like navigate the things you know like the day-to-day struggles and then at one point do you just have to live and have to trust yourself and like you know, yeah. keep going, and I do think that is yeah. maybe the most resilient thing, to, like, stay embodied, to, to keep observing, to, like, keep choosing to live your experience authentically, even if it's hard and difficult, you know? Yeah,
0: and presently. Yeah. I would say, like, a sense of presence and a sense of embodiment are both very important to how I answer this question, mm-hmm. because, it is radically resistant to exist in an embodied state when everything around you is asking you to dissociate. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that is like the perfect way to put it. And to me yeah exactly. I think that is resilience. Like
0: it is. It's like this shit sucks and it hurts but I'm gonna talk about it and I'm gonna show up for it. Yeah. And it's what makes like joy and suffering not Ooh, the gate just opened. It's oh
1: open. is he? Um
0: I was gonna say joy and suffering exists on a spectrum. Yeah, and they're not necessarily binaries. Yeah, they're just a continuation of grief Mm -hmm. and ecstasy. Yeah, and I don't think we can fully we we just can't. The thing that does seem kind of black and white all or nothing is if we turn ourselves off to suffering mm. we also turn ourselves off to joy
1: yeah yeah
0: i don't think there's a way to selectively experience life like we just have to be brave enough to reframe the mundane
1: mhm
0: and know that the pain is temporary.
1: Yeah. Because all pain is temporary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God damn. That's <laughs> that's it right there. <laughs> okay, what's your question? Okay my question is <laughs> yours was like so profound. Okay my first my question <laughs> She's a poet. Yeah she's she. a poet like <laughs> goddamn hit me with resilience. Okay. Oh, this is good. Give us some levity. Yeah, maybe. yeah. Mine is. What's the first thing you wrote that you loved? Whoa. <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> I
0: wanted to know your answer. Um, I have. Do you know my poem Hubble Space Telescope? No. Should I read it?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yes. I think. It was in... Also, can I have a sip of your coffee? Yeah, please. (laughs) Here. I'm paid to be that person. You take that.
0: Um, So, I went back to finish my undergraduate degree when I was 25 and had just given birth to my son because I had such bad postpartum depression Mm. and I needed something outside of the home to keep myself alive. School was that thing and I had tried to pursue a non-traditional writing path outside of academia but I think I knew deep down that like my core just loves being in school mm-hmm. and we'll get into this yeah, we'll talk about that <laughs> but I started off at a community college Fuck and yeah. it was in a writing workshop, multi-genre creative writing workshop, that I wrote this poem and revised it, and then I read it at a live event. People were crying. And I had had previous experience with emotional reactions to my poetry that were positive, um, but I didn't like that poem.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: this was the first poem I wrote that I was really proud of. Um, I probably, yeah, I would say I I drafted it for the first time somewhere between 21 and 24. Yeah, I brought it to this workshop when i was 25 i revised it in the bathtub the day of the reading in true adhd neurodivergent procrastinating
1: yeah i love that
0: and yeah i don't think it i don't think it exists anywhere and i don't think it will be in my book so i feel fine reading
1: it i'm so excited
0: you can hear the birds
1: mm-hmm. the wind and the birds yeah i can't believe i've never read this i'm so excited
0: yeah i'm excited too i led a workshop I went back to that community college a couple times to lead workshops. And one of the workshops was how to revise. Mm -hmm. And I brought the original workshop submission and then the revision to a group of students to show them how necessary revision is. Which it is. Like, I always say drafts yeah or composing or drafting because it's not like a process of it's like sculpting or any other art form like you're shaping the thing as you go and sometimes you need to like live more life or pay attention to another thing or like some experience will happen to you or some memory will be revived and then you can finally write the poem yeah they take so long to write, and I believe in a generative workshop process, and that's how I write now. So I'm more prolific than I used to be, but yeah. I used to write like this was probably written during a period <coughs> where I could write like a poem a year.
1: This okay. was probably yeah. like my poem. Yeah. Of
0: this would have been 2019, 2020. Uh-huh. Like, Fall of 2019. Yeah. yeah,
1: and compared to how much you right now, yeah.
0: I know, and now I've got I've got my own formula, and I know how to follow it, yeah. and I can tap into it. But it took a long time and a lot of practice to arrive at a point where I was able
1: to
0: do that. Yeah. Okay. Hubble Space Telescope. Ninety-three. I am five pounds of flesh bruised from birth. I am a dream realized. I hold my head up on my own. A space shuttle lifts from Earth on a mission to restore the vision of the Hubble Space Telescope on the fritz with spherical aberration. In 11 days, the crew members make five space walks to get a camera in outer space to properly focus and reflect light. The enormous navy blue pools on my sparrow's face open up to everything. My little feet carry me everywhere. I go, 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 purse slung over one arm. I drive a blue car. I take moonwalks with a magical queen and her three-legged partner, Fancy. At dawn, I wake to ride my bicycle round and round the a cul-de-sac in my bikini. The gate closed. <laughs> That's not part of the poem. <laughs> the gate is swinging. <laughs> Okay, I seek refuge from the afternoon heat on a dinosaur beach. My first love is a neighbor who wears a tiny tuxedo on our Red Lobster holiday days. Dad, 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 I run, I climb, I swim, I dive, again, again, again. Every day I go to a place with warm bread and rainbow silks, tails of gnomes and fairies. My little brother is born. It doesn't take me long to get over my disappointment that he's not a little sister named Lily. I tell my stories, their stories, our stories. I write and write raggedy pages, stapled edges, junior high. I don't know anyone. I eat lunch from a paper bag in a red bathroom stall the first few weeks. My English teacher notices my words rush like water. I read to my classmates. We are not so different i want more 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 in summer we meet boys with fear at the playground the cops catch us the morning after i hung over and felt sorry my mom tells me time heals all wounds i don't think this is true a sort of cloud rolls over me wraps itself around my body i'm sad high school electric blue vodka and ecstasy up until morning We go to the mountains and watch the blood-red sun rise over the still-gray reservoir. The 4th of July, I'm checked into an inpatient treatment center. I listen to the fireworks from a white room with no door. It doesn't help. A chain of mistakes leads me to a stranger. I move to Oregon to be with him. There, I fall in love with heroin. I call my dad. He doesn't ask questions, only drives from Colorado to Oregon to bring me home. In the passenger seat I sold, curl my knees to my chest, watch Netflix on my phone. All 18 hours were in the car together. Back home, I never leave my room. I'm numb as I do my makeup from a pile of clothes on the bedroom floor. I go to therapy, but nothing works, not even the drugs I used to love. At a doctor's appointment, I am told that I am pregnant. I dream of a little girl in a green dress. She tells me her name and promises to teach me how to properly focus and reflect light like the astronauts who fixed the Hubble Space Telescope the year I was born. (laughs) Okay, Jamie.
1: Oh, man. Thank you for listening beautiful i'm gonna go sob now <laughs> <laughs> okay
0: don't Oh my God. don't we have more questions asking yeah we have more questions it's just like so true to me and my story i feel like that's where i learned to be a confessional poet or, or yeah. like a post-confessional poet as i define it in this tra- um tradition of confessionalism i get yep. so excited i can't get my word out
1: <laughs> we stumble it's okay
0: it's good. It's windy. The gates opening and shutting. Yeah. Interrupted my poetry reading. It's fine. This it's is fine. Real.
1: This is real. What is real? Oh my gosh. Yeah. What, it, what is what is real? Though. <laughs> Our <laughs> okay. next episode. Um. Wow. Well, yeah. Number two.
0: For what do you have the most reverence? Another deep
1: Oh my question. God! Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> Getting interviewed. Beginning interviewed by a poet is literally no joke what what do i yeah it's for what do i have the most reverence for yeah oh my god i oh, wasn't prepared like yeah. yeah so i i'm gonna answer this question first in a very like meta meta way yeah. i hate that that's such a yeah. english word it's a word we use all
0: the time it's okay You're like
1: that's so meta
0: i love it because like the metaverse yeah is the metaverse one of which my is words
1: still what I'm trying to figure out is like what is the metaverse but I think <laughs> it's like our collective conscious as it okay. exists in electronic form okay yeah no that makes sense thank you for giving me that definition I think I'm like it's that's cool, how I that's how understand, you understand it, it. okay yeah. that makes sense okay so in a very meta way <laughs> like I have expressed I'm definitely in the process to, (laughs) yeah, to reiterate something I've said multiple times, I think at this point, but I think, I think everybody should know that, like, I think our project, like what we're into, like... I mean, I think the thing about being, like, a creative, and especially, like, a writer, a scholar, is it's, like, the intersection between your work and your life is, like, that's where you live, like, you know, like, there's no, there's no separation, it's, like, the thing, it's theory and practice, yeah, and, like, the most resonant things you create are, are birthed out of, like, even as a scholar, it's, like, my theoretical understanding of work i read is through the lens of what i've experienced and that those are the best things i've ever written you know even scholarly academic things the best things i've ever produced are like speaking to what i know theory and practice exactly um but i think for me i'm definitely in this difficult process of growing up with this very specific idea of what is what is sacred what is this this idea of like a higher power of tradition of big t truth and i think the hard part of what i've been wrestling with is like toggling back and forth between like old power or like old patterns um but then like villainizing this idea of reverence of like you know, I'm like Yeah she rejects reverence. Yeah I'm here for like okay. But at the same time I do think we're the place where I'm trying to get though is to not reject reference. Like I think I don't know, sorry I answered this in such a roundabout way. I guess I also would yeah, say you, yearn for, you desire reverence I desire reverence and I think that I mean and I think going back to mythology it's like I think so growing up with these these mythologies that were dictated for me this idea of the sacred of spirituality of what truth is and then um kind of going to the opposite of that where I've landed and especially as somebody who studies story is that we have to have reverence like we have to have mythology and that's not to say that anything we cling to i think where we get stuck is when we cling to those things as big t truth like there's no big t truth but i do think reverence is what keeps us alive like
0: i know it's so essential to the work i do in recovery yeah yeah as a clean and sober person it's impossible without the higher power relationship yeah and I like to ask people when they're having like when I see someone I love having a hard time which can be such a painful experience to like visibly recognize that someone's hurting and know that you can't do anything for them
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: I love to ask if they pray yeah because prayer as a practice Mm -hmm is so necessary yeah just for my sanity Mm
1: -hmm. yeah i love that and i think
0: that could be i don't even know what the definition of the word
1: pray pray is. is
0: i don't know i just for me it's a time when i like am still and i'm quiet and i'm intentional Yeah. And I'm communicating with, like, something. Yeah. Some kind of invisible gift.
1: Yeah. Well, and I guess that does remind me of, I think, if I did identify something tangible as to what I have the most reverence for, it would be, you know, like, in this process of, like, undoing my ideas of what God is, of, Mm -hmm. like, this, like, Mm -hmm. outside external power... I think my answer would be the body like I think you know I think
0: that is our God
1: yeah I think that is our God and mm-hmm. like for me now is my embodiment. body yeah, yeah like embodiment my body like that now is my like my compass for how I navigate mm. life you know or what I'm trying to like and I think too it's so like good. even spirituality in general like if I'm taught like I think it's important to also not like villainize you know like for example obviously I was raised Christian but I do think that there are Christians who exist who have a very embodied sense of you know of their reverence for god for spirituality for the body and for the body and i i respect that i think the problem are is certain types of religion and like how i grew up i do think that Like when we look at religion in terms of like power structures, I do think the goal in many ways to solidify power is to separate people from their bodies Mm -hmm. and to um, Mm -hmm. for people to disassociate from themselves and their internal worlds. But I do think once again, it's like important to not villainize that. I think I know many religious people who are embodied and I can respect that
0: a lot of possibility exists yeah reverence for the sacred for the mythologies
1: yeah of our internal worlds Mm -hmm. but i do think it for me it comes back to the body
0: beautiful i love that answer i think mine's more woo woo
1: i I love it tell me
0: i do believe in god but it's difficult for me to define what that is yeah I know that my God lovingly guides me. Like, my God Mm -hmm. God is only a positive force in my life. And it is, like, a God that my ancestors prayed to. Like, the same God that my mom prays to. Mm. And it protects me. And my family. And I think it exists in nature.
1: Yeah. I think nature is a big one. Mm -hmm.
0: And I think it exists in me. In my physical body. In my intellectual mind. In like all of my senses. Mm -hmm. And in all of the elements of the world. Like in earth and fire and water and air. It's some kind of like ever present energetic something. Yeah. And I resisted calling it God for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, why not? Yeah. Like, that's what it is. An a- a- it's an Ada poem that's so beautiful in Bright Dead Things. Mm. Shh. I don't remember the title of the poem, but. It's about driving every day and determining it would be a good day based on whether or not she saw a blue heron. Yeah. And even when the heron wasn't there, she'd say she saw the blue heron. Mm -hmm. And then it's like this idea. I think the closing lines of the poem are something to the effect of uh, to stare so long into nothing That like you see the invisible gift or that it becomes an invisible gift um Mm. something about the invisible gift and i just keep thinking about that yeah like there i don't know i don't know in the context of recovery there are so many times i could have killed myself or killed another person not like murder, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like accidentally, to be clear, yeah. Like while doing drugs, no, yeah. like I could have been responsible for someone's overdose or something, something, yeah. or I could have hit someone while driving, fucked up. Like yeah, I have not been an active addict since before I had my daughter. Mm-hmm. Since I was, which was when I was nineteen. Yeah. So in my late teenage years, like sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, I was a train wreck drug addict alcoholic mm-hmm. and addiction is something that runs in my family yeah. it's some recovery is something I share with my dad that I'm really proud to share with my dad he has a lot of time on me but he's my biggest advocate and supporter anyway seeing my dad as an ex-catholic who, like, resented his relationship with a higher power redefined that relationship through the natural world gave me some kind of a framework for doing the same. Yeah. And it's just... I think it, like, just comes down to, like, paying attention and setting intention.
1: Yeah. It's, Mm -hmm. like, a
0: very... Small practice.
1: Mm -hmm. Again, it's theory and action. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Next question. Next question. Mine are very (laughs) late. Yours are fun. uh, Yeah, mine are a a little bit more on like the fun side. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a little bit less like deep dive. Okay. Okay, I think it's (laughs) fun. (laughs) Okay. My next one is what's a piece of artwork. Um, and that could be like any any medium, like music, poetry, a novel, like literally Ooh. anything, which you feel has been formative to who you are.
0: Wow, great question. Okay, I'm gonna take a beat and reflect. Yeah. Because, oh, I know. Um, <laughs> so I immediately thought it has to be visual art. I'm a very visual mm. person. Both in the way I relate to the world around me, um, the way I write, the way I process, yeah. the way I present myself. Uh, visual aesthetics are important to me. Mm-hmm. Anna Mendieta, mm-hmm. do you know who she is? No. A Cuban-American artist from maybe like the 80s, 90s. Wow this series of it comes back to the body and earth
1: yeah
0: okay um let me look them up I know I was like they are a series of and she's very she very much was um, occupied with the grotesque and I'm not even going to mention how she died because I think that her death glorifies an experience that I've had in my life Which is domestic violence, but glorifies the perpetrator Mm, in this toxic scenario. I think it's so much more important to, like, pay credence to her life and her art than it is to talk about this, like, sensationalized death. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it is very, like... I don't know. I'm just really sensitive right now to, like, the mechanics of gossip.
1: Mm, mm -hmm.
0: And what catches our attention yeah because we're
1: gonna do a pilot it's damaging on that.
0: it's like very harmful yeah often
1: yeah we've got to have a conversation about that at some point <laughs> yeah
0: okay across her 15-year career career she produced over 200 works using the land as her sculptural medium wow. especially in her most well-known series silhouetta 1973 to 80 where she molded her body into different terrains in iowa and mexico to emphasize the inextricable link between mother nature and the human form
1: okay obsessed
0: and my favorite one is just her like I would love to I've always wanted to recreate these but it's just her lying in this like I don't know rock formation naked with some kind of brush or flower it looks similar to baby's breath over her body and this is what
1: okay I was like you have to show me oh my god wow This is so cool. I've never heard of her before. Now you know. Yeah. And I I think it's kind of self-explanatory
0: given our conversation. Yeah. Why Why? this has been really formative to my work. Um, It's empowering. And it's what I believe in. And it makes me viscerally feel... In a complex and dynamic ways yeah. that transcend, like titles and compartment compartmentalization and yeah. diagnoses.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love okay. that. That's really important.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. How about you? What's your answer?
1: Yeah, um kind I have to I do have to think about that as well. Um Man that's <laughs> I'm like, wow, what a tough question to answer.
0: <laughs> I just go with your instinct. Yeah. That's what I wanted to do. Like, okay, I, I think I'm just gonna go answer, with my answer. In- yeah, and then I had a real <laughs> a answer. Real answer. And I gave <laughs> a real
1: answer. I know because 'cause I'm like my real answer is maybe not the most like profound um i will say okay i gotta pick a book i'm gonna say crime and punishment by theodore dostoevsky wow
0: say more
1: i love that book i mean i think what's crazy is like to love something but then as you evolve to love it for different reasons Mm. um but be you know
0: that scares me
1: (laughs) That's <laughs> well, so funny i mean yeah and once again not to echo not to be a parent the whole time but like i think to love it as a christian and then to still love it as mm. as a not christian i also think it's very important to what we were talking about resisting like boxes and labels i don't identify as anything other than like, oh i'm not a christian
0: <laughs> i also think something we're both very honest about is that we have favorites, yeah. That we're fans of. We were talking about this before we
1: started recording.
0: Like, not giving the preface. This is a problematic favorite, but yeah. Just being but like, just
1: being like, I love this. Here's,
0: here are the things I know about this person. Yeah. These things resonate
1: with me. These things don't. Uh huh. I'm still a fan of the art. I still, yeah, yeah. And Crime and Punishment is one of those things for me, like. It has a lot of spiritual undertones, but I will say, I'm not going to say spoiler alert because it's a book written forever ago, so if you don't know how it ends, that's your fault. <laughs> like, that, like, just so Ben, guns? yeah. <laughs> ben, if you don't know how Crime and Punishment* ends, that's on off. you, not me. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's so, so funny. funny. <laughs> but, I mean, so it's like, yeah, it has a lot of religious... Of undertones. The savior of the book, though, is a sex worker, um and she is compared to Jesus in the novel. So and good. I think, like, that's fucking badass. That just
0: and like, even it as a
1: Christian, I was like, that's so badass of Dostoevsky to write it like that, because it is. I do think, like, very arguably a Christian novel. It's a, but I mean. I think, once again, it's, like, it's about redemption. It's about the redemption of a fucking murderer, like, which I believe in. I believe, like, that there's redemption for everybody, like, you know. Spoiler alert,
0: we don't believe in punitive justice. Yeah,
1: we don't believe that, and I don't believe the world is split into good people and bad people. It's not that simple. It's not that simple, and I don't believe in locking people away forever, we don't We're yeah,
0: murdering people we don't
1: believe in that shit and i think you know it's about the redemption of a murderer by a sex worker and that's fucking like by a sex worker who is marginalized and i haven't yeah. read
0: it in a very long time i wonder how it would influence my poetics if i read
1: it today. Ooh, yeah, yeah. <gasps> that's something to think about
0: okay you want my last question yeah what's your favorite word or phrase right now and why that's fun that's right? that's
1: so fun but that's another tough one god and now i have Again, to pick if i want to be serious instinct. or if yeah. i want to be funny um oh we're gonna say a lot about this though
0: it's be real it's be real time, be real time.
1: we fucking love it's be real <laughs> we are
0: complex Yeah,
1: complex and uh,
0: smart in ways, and we're really basic and just normal
1: girls in Mm -hmm. other ways. In other ways, and we love that. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite phrase, which Annabelle and I have talked about this so much, um, is it's not that it's not that deep. Oh. So good. The best phrase ever, I think, for two people that are like in some way, we're raised we as take millennials too
0: seriously. yeah.
1: And we were lived in the era of like curating everything, cancel culture, cancel culture, like yeah, like definitions, boundaries, whatever, schemas, like yeah. And it's just Over-analyzing. like analyzing, yeah. And there are so many justifying, yeah, yeah, uh huh. And just like so much shit is.
0: Yeah, it's such a good. You phrase. think about absolutely any comment. Yeah, and you can respond. It's not that deep to it, and it's like <laughs> it's over. It's over. Like, like there's throw not, your hands up. Like, there's no point in
1: arguing. Yeah, it's not
0: that deep. If you try to argue against it's not that deep, you just look like.
1: Yeah. An asshole. Exactly. Exactly. So funny. No, it's so not that
0: yeah. deep. So we're like about like dope gen Z relaxed. Curated imperfection.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just not that deep.
0: It's not that deep.
1: Do you have a favorite phrase right now? Or word? I mean
0: yeah, but it's so silly. Hi, Oak. Oh, he's so
1: he is so cute. He's, so like, cute. he's like waving at
0: us through the glass. Do you want to come say hi to our podcast? Yeah? yeah? Come here. Close the door so the cats don't get out. Good job. Okay, you want to come say hi? Oak, what's your favorite word? Uh, I don't You don't know? <laughs> Do you want to hear what mommy's is? It has to be the 2022 word of the year. Oh, yeah. Goblin mode. Goblin
1: mode. Absolutely. Because
0: the idea of something being self-indulgent and lazy, aligned with Julia Fox, is so inherently me and just, like, gave me permission to be my, like, clean but messy self. yeah. And oh, Oak's touching the microphone,
1: so
0: <laughs> <laughs> if that interferes
1: with our audio, this yeah, is curious. perfection. yeah, but Goblin mode. This is no. Goblin no. mode. Yeah.
0: Well, and I think I think our answers no. m- match up. Yeah. And that they are just encouraging us to take things less seriously.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. And to resist like lighten up
0: and oh, curate yes. perfection.
1: Yeah. yeah. Mommy, are you I ready to go, so f-
0: go inside? Should we say bye?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I think we should say bye. Or
0: did we have one more question?
1: We have one more uh, wait, cu- wait, Should We I'm could ready, answer this one wait, really quick.
0: Okay. What's your oh. favorite word? Talk into the microphone, and then you can go back inside and warm up. It is like maybe Pokemon. Pokemon. Good Pokemon. choice. Okay, That's a great you word. Go back inside, and we'll be right in,
1: okay? Yeah, we're wrapping up. Okay, love you.
0: Oh, he wanted to cuddle in my jacket. So Bye. Love you. Oaks oh, God, the he's best. adorable.
1: Okay, my last question, which we don't have to give long explanations for this. I feel like we should just not even explain. Yeah, if you could have dinner with three people, and this is like anybody dead or alive, who would it be? Okay. This
0: is so dumb.
1: I'm here for it,
0: but it's easy for me. Yeah. Okay. Camille Dungy, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Ruth Ellen Cooper, Ben Draper. Cute.
1: I love that.
0: <laughs> what about you?
1: I feel. Do I have like, to explain? Should
0: I explain why?
1: Yeah, you can explain. Okay, really so quick. those
0: are two of my poetry mentors and my boyfriend.
1: Yeah. Uh huh. That's my answer. I and love that. And then if I got a
0: fourth, it would be you. You'd be there too. Ideally.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Fifth and sixth,
0: Oak and Effie, my
1: kids. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I know. I think I'm gonna answer mine. Um, I think I'm just going to go with, like, my, my, you know, people that I will never get to have a conversation with, but I wish I could. Really, Well, I guess,
0: She's a scholar. Yeah, I'm okay. a scholar.
1: I would say Foucault. He's for sure on the list. Dope.
0: Hey, buddy. Okay, tell Effie to play with you while Mommy and Jamie finish I mean, up podcasts.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Oh, I... I'm using my phone. Um, Here, you can hand it to Effie, okay? You can borrow my phone. There you go. (laughs) Love you. They take my phone so so one of them can play Roblox on my phone and the other can play roblox on the ipad and, they and then, then they together. play
1: together that's so cute and this
0: is how podcasting as a single mom happens
1: yeah exactly
0: shout out to apple yeah. this is a plug for this is a,
1: a, a we are not sponsored <laughs> however <laughs> okay however Foucault. another plug okay Foucault, akira kurosawa dope Mm-hmm. and then okay this is somebody who i've had many a conversation with but they have to be at the table paul trempa I hate that they're all men, yes. though. I hate they're all men. Okay, if they, if I could it's add okay. one more. Don't hate that. Yeah, I don't hate yeah, that. We, Whatever. Gender's a construct. Yeah. But if I could add a fourth, it would be Yuri Kochiyama. I would like to be there. Yeah, and then you, of course. Like, sorry I didn't say would you would as my fourth, be? but. <laughs> Where would you take these people? Where would we be? Oh my god. Um. I feel like your house. That's my answer, Like, right here. That's my <laughs> yeah. answer, too. I feel like Annabelle's house. Also, okay. for backstory, Annabelle's house is, like, my safe haven. They're just like, hey, I'm popping over.
0: I am very dependent upon other people. Mm-hmm. I don't think in a toxic way. No. But in that I just enjoy company.
1: Yeah.
0: And single parenthood feels really lonely for me. Mm Mm-hmm. We will talk about this in another episode, but I don't feel innately fulfilled by parenting. Yeah. It's It's my like work is much more natural. My work is much more natural for me than parenting is. And Gosh, I just love having my friends around. I love, like, having a partner. I love someone to, like, talk to while I cook dinner or while I clean. Yeah. And I know it's important for me to practice solitude.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: But it's not my default. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is why I love hosting and mm-hmm. try to... Make my home an environment where people feel welcome and comfortable, and like they can just be at home. I think the other thing is like this is another episode. Also, most of our friends don't live in houses.
1: Yeah, myself included. Yeah. Yeah. hmm So it's like, so I'm very, nice very having a house. To have a house. Yeah. yeah, and it's so nice having a house where you you know for me i'm like i love coming here to a house it's like
0: coming to your parents house but it's like your cool sister yeah yeah
1: exactly exactly
0: yeah okay anything any closing thoughts comments
1: um i would say it's not that deep and embrace goblin mode
0: amen (laughs)